Welcome to today's online message from Long Eaton Oasis Christian Centre. We are a church at the heart of the community, with a heart for the community. We're so glad that you've joined us. We hope that you'll be inspired and encouraged today. Please don't hesitate to contact us. If you want to find out more, you can visit our website, www.longeatonoasis.co.uk, or you can direct message us. Hello, thank you. It's great to be with you today and thank you so much for joining us. We're commencing a new series uh, in our times together and our theme is um, Serve over the next few weeks. What comes to mind when you think of servanthood? If someone says, what is a servant and what, and, you know, what do you think about servanthood? Do you envision it as an activity um, performed by relatively uh, low-skilled people at the very bottom of the positional ladder. Sometimes people think of that, don't they? Um, servanthood isn't about position, I would say. It's uh, more to, not to do with our skill or our aptitude, but more to do with attitude. It's an attitude of the heart, uh, and it's, a much, it's more to do with a heart matter than a skill matter. Um, you've probably come across situations when maybe you've gone... Um, yeah, to, to, to where people have had a poor attitude to service and, and you've gone somewhere. Perhaps you've met the rude worker at a government agency, at a job centre or something like that, and someone's treated you uh, particularly not very well. Uh, maybe it's been a, a waiter that can't be bothered maybe to take your order or is, is too busy doing something else and hasn't, hasn't come to you. Um, sometimes it's the person working in the store and they're talking to somebody on the phone for a long, long time ra- rather than attending to you. And uh, maybe someone who shrugs their shoulders and says, it's not my job to pick it up. You know, someone else can do it. That type of thing. At the very heart of the Christian faith is servanthood. It's at the very centre. It's a foundation. It's fundamental. The very much of life, the matter of life, is built upon this aspect of to serve, to serve others. It's in the very DNA of our faith. It's that important. It's at the very heart. It's at the very centre. It's fundamental. We, it's foundational. We build our lives on this. And so today we're going to take a few moments and we're going to take the theme of we are shaped to serve. I'm going to share a story. Uh, it's written in John's Gospel and it's where Jesus washes some of the disciples' feet. It's a passage on service and servanthood. And at the end of it, Jesus says, this example, I want you to do the same. It's found in uh, John chapter 13 and it's verses 1 to 7. And it reads like this. It was just before the Passover festival. Jesus knew that his hour had come for him to leave this world and go to the Father. Having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. The evening meal was in progress and the devil had already prompted Judas, the son of Simon Iscariot, to betray Jesus. Jesus knew that the Father had put all things under his power and that he had come from God and was returning to God. So he got up from the mill, took off his outer clothing and wrapped a towel around his waist. After that, he poured water into a basin and began to wash his disciples' feet, drying them with the towel that was wrapped around him. He came to Simon Peter, who said to him, Lord, are you going to wash my feet? There was a real indignation about him. 
Jesus replied, you do not realise now what I am doing, but later you will understand. No, said Peter, you shall never wash my feet, even more emphatically. Jesus answered, unless I wash you, you have no part with me. Then Lord Simon Peter replied, not just my feet, but my hands, my head as well. Jesus answered, those who have had a bath need only to wash their feet. Their whole body is clean and you are clean, though not every one of you. For he knew who was going to betray him. And that was why he said, not every one of you is clean. When he had finished washing their feet, he put on his clothes and returned to his place. Do you understand what I have done for you? He asked them. You call me teacher and Lord, and rightly so, for that is what I am and who I am. Now that I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, I have set you an example that you should do as I have done for you. I have set you an example that you and I should do as he has done for us. Verily, truly, I tell you, no servant is greater than his master nor is a messenger greater than the one who sent him. Now that you know these things, you will be blessed if you do them. Four things I'd like to look at just briefly, just to open that up a little bit as we explore this theme of um, we're shaped to serve. First of all, the first thing is this, uh, we need to be secure to serve. It's from a secure place that we're able to serve. And uh, I find that when a person is secure, um, they can look out for others and serve them. When I'm secure in myself, when a, an individual is secure in who they are, they're able to look up and look out to others. And uh, a man called John C. Maxwell says, we, it's called uh, possessing the confidence to serve. Perhaps uh, that, that's a, maybe a, another way of putting it. Uh, it's interesting, but in verse one, it says Jesus knew the hour had come for him to leave this world and go to his father. And that the father had put all things under his power and that he had come from God and was returning to God. So he got up from the meal and took off his outer clothing and then began to wash their feet. Jesus, Jesus knew that he'd come and was going to the Father. And even more amazingly, he knew that the Father put everything under his power. I'd say that confidence comes from God's countenance. Jesus knew that he'd come from the Father and he was going to the Father. Jesus knew the Father's love. Jesus loved the Father. He knew the Father. He felt secure in the Father. He even knew that all power, all the power of the creation of the universe was placed upon his feet. He was secure. There was a real sense of confidence in who he was and uh, who he loved and who loved him. And uh, for you and I, there's a real sense that we need the countenance of the Father so that we have confidence. You know, if we're to serve God and serve others and reach out to others and sometimes do things that are mundane and repetitive and, and sometimes get out of our comfort zone, then we need a real sense of confidence of who I am and who loves me and who I love. And it's as we see God, the countenance, we see his face, that we get confidence. And this is exactly where Jesus came from. And for you and I, our security to serve comes from uh, a confidence of knowing his countenance. And so this is why we've been sharing as a church the, the idea of discipleship, you know, being um, with Jesus, learning from Jesus, becoming like Jesus. It's so important that we know his countenance. 
um, so that we get this sense of confidence in who we are. The second um, uh, thing that I would say, that there, there's four things that we're going to look at. And the second thing is this, it's that the serve out of love. He served out of love. And you and I, if we, when we know his countenance, we'll have a confidence in who we are. And then we'll be able to serve out of the sense of the love of God. And we see this, he served out of love. Having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. It's in verse one there. Having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. You know, we put petrol um, uh, is, is the fuel for an internal combustion engine. We put petrol in our car and it fuels the internal combustion engine. But, you know, love is, the, is that which fuels our hearts. Petrol fuels a car as love fuels your heart and my heart. And it's out of that sense of God's love for us and our love for him that we're able then to love the world and love those around us. Jesus actually taught, didn't he? He said, you know, we're to the greatest command, to love God with all our heart, mind and soul and strength. And then also he added to that, love our neighbour as ourselves. And so um, these two points, you know, being um, confident in our uh, security to serve and um, serving out of love they go together don't they i can see this that they're both linked love of god empowers serving and serving expresses the love of god i say that again because it's so it's circular but it's so true our love for god and his love for us empowers it fuels our serving and serving others and serving god expresses our love of god and, and so and so when people say oh, i really love you god but if, if we never serve we then can't express that love but it's as we love him and see him and know him that we're fueled ignited fired with a, a strength to reach out to those around us and it might be sometimes to do some very simple mundane repetitive things in life you know like i don't, I don't know whatever it might be but it, it, it fuels us to then serve and look out for others. The, the third uh, thing that we see in, in Jesus' life and we see in this story here is that true servants are not position consciousness. If we are secure to serve, we serve out of love, as we know his countenance. Um, then the third thing is this, true servants are not position consciousness we read this in verses three to four it says jesus knew that the father had put all things under his power and that he had come from god and that he was returning to god so he got up from the meal took off his outer clothing and wrapped a towel round his waist and after that he poured water into a basin and began to wash his disciples feet drying them with a towel that was wrapped around him wow amazing i say wow nothing was below him god had put everything under his feet the whole universe all of creation power the king of the universe of creation becomes a servant or a slave to men or his creation the king of the universe the king of creation becomes a slave or a servant to his creation it's incredible that 
God himself is not position conscious. And so for you and I, we're, we're to be not position conscious. Nothing is beneath us. You know, we're, we're not overly qualified to do that. It's not my place. It's your place. You know, it's not for me to do. It's for you or others to do. You know, the disciples would have been a lot of red faces on that day. They're all sitting together and there hadn't been a servant to wash feet because there should have been a servant at the door to wash their feet. And so someone should have taken that role on. And there's Jesus, the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, the creator of the universe, the Lord and Master, uh, who really in many ways, I suppose, in the culture of the day would have been waited upon. And it's he who takes upon himself to come and reach out to them. He removes his outer garment. It's very important, this, and it reveals a lower tunic. And that lower tunic was the simple, what, what slaves and servants would have worn. Uh, the more garments that you had, the, the, the more prestige or um, the wealthier that you were. And it's interesting that he removes his outer garments and he just reveals his, the, the lower tunic, is what's a slave, it reveals the, the servant's tunic. And then he stoops, he crouches low and gets down to the ground where their feet are and begins to wash their feet. Love stoops. And it's, it's amazing. This is barrier breaking. It removes all position and cultural protocol barriers of his day. It, 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 absolutely, it was like a bowling ball down a bowling alley and knocking everything out. It was, it was that, wow, it was that amazing. It would have been that many red faces. It would have been that incredible at that moment. It was a barrier breaking, removing all barriers moment. And he reached out to those around him. And so for you and I, it's, it's the same, you know, nothing is, should be beneath us. Not leave it to somebody else, you know. Sometimes in, in, in a church life, the assembled life, that as, as the, the, the disciples assemble together and in a church, and if you have a building with lots of, lots of facilities and things need to be done, always looking for people to be involved and serve and, and serve because we're serving one another. And um, it's, it's, it's usually the thing, it, Ask a busy person and then they will do something. Busy people. It, but usually there's a greater, there's a majority that, that either don't get involved for different reasons. And we're called to uh, break barriers and uh, reach out to those and one another and others. And not only within the life of church, but also in our community and in our work and those around us. It was a barrier breaking moment. Finally, the fourth thing is that put others ahead of self. You know, we see here that he was secure to serve. He knew the Father and he knew his love. He loved those around him. He knew the countenance of God. And that's what gave him confidence. And then the, the love of God for his love fueled his heart. And that, as that, he, he just took nothing in his position. He reached out to those around him and lowered himself to reach those around him. And then finally, the fourth thing is this. He put others ahead of himself. Self, less of self, selfless. I mean, to be selfless, I mean, we're not talking about being perfect, perfection, you know, ultimately anointed and totally holy, but we're talking about less of self, a little bit less of self, you know, and we're on that journey, all of us on that journey, and this is the aim. To be a servant means less of self, but to have less of self, it means sacrifice. Selfless equals sacrifice. And, you know, for you and I, as we seek to put others ahead of ourselves and come out of our position and serve others and reach out, it means there has to be some sort of sacrifice in my life. It might be the giving of my time, the giving of my energy, the giving of my finance. 
It might be that I'm doing something repetitively. You know, many of us will agree to, to be involved or do something on an occasion, but then to come again and again, a week and week. And some, some of the things we do repetitive, some of the things that we do may be mundane. You might think, well, no one sees this. Who's going to know that? But to come and put others ahead of ourselves. You know, Jesus said, now that you know these things, in verse 17 as we conclude, now that you know these things, this is amazing. This is absolutely amazing. Now, if you know these things, you will be blessed if you do them. The Amplified Translation says, you will be blessed and happy if you practice them. In other words, you will have a great joy and you'll be blessed. Sometimes we think that, you know, to be, that we want, the, many, I mean, many Christians want the anointing, want the blessing, want, you know, the, the hand of God on their lives. But Jesus said, if you serve, as you serve, you will be blessed and you become a blessing. You will know the presence and hand of God on your life and the anointing of God and the flow of God will come through your life to others. That's how, this is what it's saying. You'll be blessed and you'll be a channel for blessing to others. That's how amazing this really is. But he goes on to say in the translation there, it carries the idea of not only blessed, but also happy to be joy, full of joy, overflowing with a real sense of hope and joy and peace. And this does us good. It does our soul good. It puts heart into our soul. It brings us to become alive. It, it actually means that we have a sense of healing in our bodies, as it, as it were, as well. And, you know, you and I, we are shaped to serve. So let's do so. We are shaped to serve, shaped like Christ, shaped like Jesus. So let's do so in the power and of the person of the Holy Spirit. God bless you. Thank you for joining us. And may you know the power of his presence in your life so that you may serve him and we can serve one another. God bless you. Thank you. I love you, Lord. Oh, your mercy never fails.